Albuquerque's macro-aggression, Eddie Aragon, the rock of talk. I'm Eddie Aragon, The Rock of Talk, and AM1600, KIVABQ.FM, rockoftalk.com, 550-5500, number to text here this afternoon until our third hour. We'll take your calls right there. We have D-Dow and Muscat here in studio. Don't forget, you can get uh, a hold of us by uh, TV, where Dow's family likes to watch, at Roku TV, Amazon Fire, Apple TV. We're also podcasting on Stitcher, SoundCloud, and Spotify. And don't forget, ladies and gentlemen, you can always download the apps at rockoftalk.tv and rockoftalk.com from any handheld uh, that happens to be in your reach, in your grasp, of course, and uh, become a subscriber for less than 20 cents a day. I have to say the show notes were uh, quite good yesterday because they were short, brief, lots of links, and easy to get through and navigate. And uh, that has to do with uh, me being a little bit more prepared here for the radio show. Got a lot to be prepared for uh, here today. Very quickly, we'll check in with D. Dowd Muska. How are you doing today, Dowd? Uh, I'm, I'm just getting excited because we're one day away from our uh, our regularly scheduled check-in with Murder Mike. Apparently, since we went off the air of the show last yesterday, we've had two more uh, dead bodies pop up in the metro, including one at the Albuquerque Marriott Pyramid North, which I've been to many, many times. And then late last night, someone uh, was the shot spotter re- recorded a shooting, and someone in the neighborhood said, someone got got. That was a witness, uh, oh. and Albuquerque Raw was on on site to uh, to take down that uh, transcription. Someone got got in the ABQ again last night. So I guess uh, you know one of the things I think that should be stated emphatically, um, folks. This is the economy at its best, uh, according to Joe Biden. Um, and then reflectively, if you actually saw the economy at its best while Donald Trump was president. You saw that Albuquerque didn't prosper then, and it's not prospering now. Things are as bad as ever. Your city sucks. Your mayor sucks. uh, Your politicians suck on both sides of the aisle. And, uh, you know, you've got a chance to go ahead and replace him with with a a pretty decent guy in Mark Ronchetti, and I hope that you decide to do that. Uh, uh, Folks, uh, it's not going to improve here. (laughs) Well, the uh, ass kickings by me will continue until morale improves. Uh, and uh, I think motivation improves, and I don't see much of either uh, improving anytime in the near future. Uh, congratulations uh, for KKOB uh, for no longer being uh, the number 10 radio station. They were able to scrape themselves off the bottom of my shoe as I walked all over their necks <laughs> and uh, were able to retrieve themselves. And we're making some, uh, of course, some moves. I've got to uh, kind of just reiterate to many of you, uh, just to put things in perspective, many of the people who listen to the radio show, they're very intelligent. They're smart people. They don't have time to waste. They want the quick and dirty. They want the stats. We do the drill down. We give you the information. You always come to a place, you know, where you can go. And then all of a sudden you start to realize like, oh my gosh, these guys have been telling us this information the entire time. They've been researching. They've been reading. You're only as good as the person that you're listening to. Uh, I think that that's something should be said about that. The amount of content that they read, uh, indulge in, uh, if you will, because I think it's a bit of an indulgence uh, for us. We enjoy reading these things. Uh, But also, I think their ability to participate, uh, which I have uh, tremendously, uh, certainly in the civic uh, political world. So I'm more of the active guy. Uh, Doubt is more of the computer researcher. You know, uh, that's what he does. And then we both come together with our personalities and bring you this great radio show uh, which uh, should be recognized, but won't be because we refer to the journal, which awards that from the reader's choice as the Albuquerque urinal. So just want to kind of uh, put that out there. It was a three quarter basis points increase. I do want to say that during uh, 
Barack Obama's entirety of his uh, tenure as president of the United States. Let's not forget, he didn't get one increase. Not one. The man needed some help. Well, he was uh, flat broke, but he didn't care when he went to the DNC in 2004. And then he was uh, basically anointed king uh, in 2008 after a short stint in the, uh, much like um, an attorney general here in this state uh, who will likely be running for something or another. I imagine Senator uh, Heinrich will probably skip and probably Reina run uh, for governor. But, you know, all the political musings, and what people want to do and when, who really cares when the people are suffering? And they are. Murders have never been higher. Economy has never been lower. Confidence has never been more lackluster. And the natives uh, here are quite restless uh, until you uh, put a beer in their hand uh, and a joint in their, uh, the joint between the lips. And, uh, hey, they're all good. And you tell them, hey, tranquilidad, bro. Everything is pretty cool. Now, uh, I got to say that yesterday as Donald Trump came out, I was unawares, and I want to apologize to our audience ahead of time, that across town, Mike Pence was conducting a, I guess, a similar rally, huh. a speech the very same time. And I, I think was encouraged by the fact that I thought everybody was coming together. I want to say that was a misread because I didn't have the information and the, I, I, I couldn't imagine a vice president trying to undermine his uh, former chief of staff, you know, the president uh, across town on this. And I, I got to say, I didn't like the optics at all. Um, and of course, you know, uh, MSNBC, CNN, the rest of those are going to amplify and play that up, um, you know, and uh, misdirect on all that. Uh, Donald Trump was in great form yesterday, I should say. And uh, I particularly enjoyed what he had to say about drug dealers. Yes, folks, uh, drug dealers. Uh, I got to say this, uh, these drug traffickers should and must receive the death penalty. This was pretty awesome. It's time to get brutally tough on the dealers and traffickers. Traffickers and narco-terrorist cartels who are stealing over 200,000 American lives a year. And that's a very low number compared to what the real number is. It's a very low. Think of it. 200,000. You don't lose that in wars. You don't lose that in wars. And yes, these drug traffickers should and must receive the death penalty. Wow. And I'll tell awesome. you, just from dealing with the heads of other countries... I said to President Xi of China, do you have a drug problem? No, no, no. Why do we ask such a question? No. He almost didn't know what I was talking about. No, no. I said, why do you think? Well, if somebody is selling drugs, they get the quick trial. Quick trial. Never forget. What is quick trial? Meaning it goes fast. And they get the death penalty. But when I asked him, I said, do you have in any way... No drug problem. They do have a drug problem. You know what they do? They make drugs and send them into our country. But I had to stop. That <laughs> was a drug go. problem. Fentanyl. There. there it is. Uh, there's your president. Uh, uh, truly, folks, uh, he was leading this country in its best economic time. Now you got a three-quarter point increase uh, that has come in, and they have tried to blame him for everything, including the J6. And, you know, we're going to talk about today, let me set this up, the quality of life. We're going to talk about the quality of your life. We're going to talk about housing, the cost of things, inflation, and uh, we're going to talk about moving in and out of the house. Uh, there's not going to be a rush of uh, new homes that are going to be hitting the market. And so we have to talk about that. And I think from our standpoint, we've been focused on a lot of homeless uh, lately. There's a lot of homeless here in Albuquerque, and they aren't just the people that are out at the park. Uh, uh, here's Donald Trump on homelessness yesterday. This was pretty good. From all places. Lying along the roads. That's what This might sound like a certain mayoral candidate that you heard from uh, most recently, right? And then uh, you look at the tents and the homeless, and you say, what's happening to this great bastion? 
Perhaps some people will not like hearing this, but the only way you're going to remove the hundreds of thousands of people, and maybe throughout our nation, millions of people we're talking about, and help make our cities clean, safe, and beautiful again, is to open up large parcels of inexpensive land and the outer reaches of the cities, bring medical professionals, including doctors, psychiatrists, psychologists, drug rehab specialists, build permanent bathrooms and other facilities, make them good, make them hard, but build them fast, and create thousands and thousands of high-quality tents, which can be done in ah, one day. Remember that idea? You have to move people out. Now, yeah, move people, people out, so get them out of there. No, you need to go ahead and... Horrible is what's happening now. Because now they're in tents, but most of them aren't even tents that function. There you go. That's exactly what we needed to do. They like the tents. Uh, we could build them a, a better tent uh, at that. So we're going to talk about the overall quality of life uh, period because many of you will soon be homeless as well. And we'll talk about just how that is, not in the sense that uh, they are, but certainly in the sense that uh, you need to pay attention to. So we'll talk about that for most of the hours. Well, as inflation and the new interest rates that have just been increased. And uh, it is bad, but not as bad as that. Back after a minute. Give it to me now. seem to whisper I love you birds singing in the sycamore tree dream a little dream of me so much better uh, such a better voice than how she looked uh, she was wonderful though of course that's uh, Mama Cass I wasn't sure if you were able to pick that up or if also that was interrupted by an Amber Alert um, you know, we try to get the show taken uh, care of, which also includes setting up the show and letting you know what's going on. But I think uh, several people texted in, and uh, one of our guys who texted in, he said, just as soon as you started playing Donald Trump, they interrupted it with an Amber Alert. Now, let me kind of tell you and explain how this, uh, how, how this works. We don't have control over that. Another radio station has control over that. No, I'll, I'll leave it at that. Uh, a competitive radio station. Um, so I won't leave it at that, but in a competitive radio station, um, uh, does that. And literally uh, you never see them interrupting their own broadcasts with, uh, their own things uh, on there. Now we are of course required to play it, but we don't have, so anytime you see these Amber alerts or, uh, the weather alerts that's come on, cause now we've got a little bit of weather. They're certainly going to interrupt a broadcast. Uh, once again, they think it's funny, by the way. Um, I literally heard because we have one of the people who works here, who used to work over there, uh, would tell me how they basically mess with the radio station. So we're required to go ahead and run whatever we need to run, but you guys are trying to listen, <laughs> and you miss the Trump stuff, I guess. Uh, so uh, very interesting, right, Doubt? I think uh, that's... Uh, uh, you want to go ahead and play that again, Eddie? <laughs> I think, uh, unfortunately, we're going to have to play, you know, start off the show kind of all over again, because uh, we were interrupted rudely 
um, by an Amber Alert, uh, which we're required to play, but uh, they did not want to you, hear. You seem a little excited today. It's almost like is the is the MAGA group getting their the band back together? Is this is this going to happen? Or uh... I'm not part of any MAGA group. Well, but, just yeah, supporters I mean, of Donald Trump, of course. I don't mean yeah, that. well, I mean, I, I don't I don't think we consider ourselves a group, and I certainly have come out and strongly urged and suggested that Donald Trump not run again. You have, and you have. and uh, I go, I went on the record and it should, the record should reflect exactly oh, that because many times. Uh, yeah. And I want to also reiterate that I wanted a man uh, like him at his age to enjoy the rest of his life. That's not what he wants to do. Um, immediately following his speech yesterday, which was quite effective. And I was very happy to um, play it in its entirety, mind you, uh, before our conservative listeners uh, I have to say that he immediately got all the blowback. Uh, I was watching the Alexa device. The only news you can get on Alexa is repeats of the same three segments of Fox News, and they've sold out. They hate Donald Trump, and you can't get anything. The Newsmax, you know, it's like three quarters uh, sort of, uh, you know, conservative, and then there's nothing else of the top 25 channels that are on Alexa. So, you know, I have no use for for the Alexa. There's another media blackout that's going on. They played the Pence. They played the Pence speech on Fox News at the very same time that Donald Trump was was on. So yeah, I, I you know, I'm, I'm a little upset about that because this is the first time Donald Trump was, was back in Washington, D.C. at the very same time that the man who's being accused of doing all these horrible, heinous, terrible things and not protecting, uh, you know, protecting our republic uh, during that time uh, was attacked and, and vehemently by the very same people who were ostensibly on his side back in 2016 that, that literally took credit for changing the country. This is the way that top Fox news used to talk all the time. And then they, they were, they were there to go ahead and turn the screws and do whatever they possibly can. So let's give Donald Trump his due. I didn't play it during our show, but the two pieces that really stuck out to me as I started out and uh, thank you, Matt, for calling in, let me know how much uh, we were rudely interrupted because uh, even the bigger stations uh, <clears throat> that are quite old, by the way, uh, I don't like to hear the uh, the Donald uh, speak, so we're going to hear him. Here he is on Drug Traffickers uh, Part 2, once again. Time to get brutally tough on the dealers and traffickers and narco-terrorist cartels who are stealing over 200,000 American lives a year. And that's a very low number compared to what the real number is. It's a very no Think of it, 200,000. You don't lose that in wars. You don't lose that in wars. He also threw out another stat during this very same sort of expansive uh, uh, segment. And you notice his tone. Very even, very good, solid. I'm, I mean, I really like really liking the way he sounds uh, right now. He looks good, too. He actually almost looks younger than he did at the very end of his term. And he is obviously older, uh, nearly two years older from, from that time. He looks better uh, than that. But the stat that he threw out for every drug dealer out there, there's a loss of 500 lives. 500 lives. And I'm like, oh, yeah, these people deserve to die. If you're a drug dealer, you deserve to die. And yes, these drug traffickers should and must receive the death penalty. And I'll tell you, just from dealing with the heads of other countries, I said to President Xi of China, do you have a drug problem? No, no, no. Why do we ask such a question? No. He almost didn't know what I was talking about. No, no. I said, why do you think? Well... If somebody is selling drugs, they get the quick trial, quick trial, never forget. What is quick trial? Meaning it goes fast and they get the death penalty. But when I asked him, I said, do you have in any way 
No drug problem. They do have a drug problem. You know what they do? They make drugs and send them into our country. But I had it stopped. That was a drug problem they had. All right. And uh, here he is on homelessness, in case you uh, didn't hear uh, Donald Trump on homelessness. And I referenced myself, and it sounds like a certain mayoral candidate that you had last year with exactly the plan, because he also pulled it uh, from several other cities that employed this very thing, and you don't see homeless people in those cities. All kinds, from all places, lying along the roads. That's without the tents. And then you look at the tents and the homeless, and you say, what's happening to this great bastion? Perhaps some people will not like hearing this, but the only way you're going to remove the hundreds of thousands of people and maybe throughout our nation, millions of people we're talking about and help make our cities clean, safe and beautiful again is to open up large parcels of inexpensive land and the outer reaches of the cities, bring medical professionals including doctors, psychiatrists, psychologists, drug rehab specialists, build permanent bathrooms and other facilities, make them good, make them hard, but build them fast, and create thousands and thousands of high-quality tents, which can be done in one day, one day. And you have to move people out. Now, some people say, oh, that's so horrible. No, what's horrible is what's happening now. Because now they're in tents, but most of them aren't even tents that function. That was exactly the plan that I had laid out. Push them out to one location outside the city, get them 30 to 45 days, all on record. There it is. We need to employ that across the rest of the country. But as I mentioned before in the first segment, I don't know if this was cut off or if it, or, or if it got to air out, but this is an economy that is strong, according to Joe Biden. You saw an economy that was strong under President Donald Trump. And this is as good as New Mexico and Albuquerque can possibly be during both of those tenures. I don't need to read the writing on the wall to you, well, except for our extremely high literacy rate, uh, illiteracy rate uh, here in the city of Albuquerque, to tell you that it's not going to improve that much, if anything, at this point, we seemingly can't get no worse, but we find a way to punch above our weight every single time we want to sink lower and lower. Boy, just wait till we can show the rest of the country what we can do. We're becoming quickly the murder capital of the United States. St. Louis is lowering. We see that as a symptom, symptom of what's happening, not a causal effect. The number of murders isn't driving anything other than people to pay attention to crime. The murders are symptomatic because it's driven by poverty, it's driven by drugs, it's driven by homelessness, it's driven by people who are needing to go ahead and do desperate things to make things happen. It's symptomatic. It is not causal. The causal part is the politicians that you elect. The causal part is the companies that choose not to relocate here or employ themselves here or decide to pick up and leave or an economy that's so incredibly dependent upon whatever handouts and punishing winners and losers by creating those very winners and losers that it's impossible to find ourselves out of this wet paper bag. Albuquerque is a cesspool top to bottom. It is not improving. There is not much to brag about. It has to improve. And now we're going into this three-quarter point increase. 225 basis points since the beginning of the year. 
Things are going to become more unaffordable than they were aware. And people are complaining left and right that they don't have the money. They can't get things done. So we're going to start from that point. Thanks for the reset. We'll do that when we return right here in the Kiva on AM1600 KIVA ABQ.FM. Here in the Kiva on AM sixteen hundred KIV ABQ.FM. That song number one uh, back in the day. People send me all sorts of music. It just sort of uh, pops through. Someone sending me say, "Hey, here's some very encouraging music." I don't need encouragement or anything like that. I'm not looking for that. And um, literally just communicating. I'm I'm totally fine. Uh, I could tell you that. And I know that doubt is. Uh, yesterday was a great show, and uh, today's uh, going to be a great show uh, as well. So we'll, we'll get to uh, more of that. People are texting in. Um, I should probably at some point. Uh, talk about the alcoholism that is, I think, plaguing uh, the city of Albuquerque. A good seven-part series. I'm yep. almost done, Dowd. You're through what a few parts of that? Uh, yeah, I'm not. I'm not completed first, but I, I, I will. I will grant them. I will give them credit for uh, tackling. They weren't. It's the opposite of hashtag start bragging. It's start looking at reality. So I'll, I'll give them credit for that. Yeah, I think it's good. I think we have to talk about substance abuse, uh, drug abuse, uh, the various other things, um, and that's what happens in a very depressed city. I mean, if you're in a a Midwestern abandoned, uh, bad, uh, Ohio town, sure. you know, you're seeing what, Rust Belt. Yeah, yeah. Rust Belt. You're, you're seeing that very type of environment uh, here in the city of Albuquerque. It's time that we stop, uh, sort of belying, uh, the reality, uh, that exists and the tough, it's going to get even tougher regardless of who's governor. I mean, uh, Mark Ronchetti, if he gets into the governor's office, uh, hopefully, uh, that will, uh, turn things at least in the right direction. Uh, because it will get worse, and I don't know that anybody will be able to go ahead and uh, take on an additional four years of uh, Michelle Lujan uh, Grisham. So, have some uh, interesting um, statistics, uh, inconvenient uh, truths, uh, if you will, and it, it's it, it's tough. Let me uh, kind of uh, start from the top. Uh, start from the top, and you know, obviously Donald uh, Trump talks about a lot of China. You know, China is going through a mortgage crisis of their own. They're not able to pay their notes. Um, Asia is, is, is suffering as well. China plans a real estate fund worth $44 billion for the distressed sector. So a lot of people are trying to put things in perspective of where things are going, what's happening. Well, <clears throat> China is experiencing their lowest growth maybe ever since uh, the post-Mao uh, era. Uh, I, I think that it's, it's fair to say. Um, it's the first step that's been taken by China to rescue the property sector since the debt troubles became public last year. So everyone's saying, well, China owns us. They're owning all our debt. They're not interested in buying much more of our debt when they see the decline overall and what they're getting, not to mention the amount of commodities, the real value of what they're putting out there. 
The second largest economy, China. I think their uh, their their uh, economy is uh, what thirteen trillion. I think we're at uh, twenty five trillion. We're about twice of what they are. But they we remember we count the services, and we're gonna have to revise those GDP numbers. I mean, after all, if if Biden's doing it, so to say, we're not in recession. We can certainly take a look at those basket of goods and see what it looks like overall for us. So. It's only going to provide part of the solution to rescue China. <clears throat> that money has got to land somewhere. Reuters uh, reached out uh, to a company called China Construction Bank, and the global investors are also fixated on various twists and turns that China's property market is also taking, and they're very hush-hush on all that. But uh, their central government is starved for more growth, and that turns them into a warring economy, absorbing small countries like China, excuse me, Taiwan and various other uh, regional uh, powers, uh, if you will. Australia, I know that <clears throat> here in the city of Albuquerque and across the rest of the country, uh, they are driving rents up. Not such the case in Australia. They have a huge lack of people who are wanting to be occupiers or renters. It doesn't look good uh, for them. One in four adult children in Australia are now moving back home, according to new data. Now, this, folks, wait till you hear the U.S. and the European numbers. It's going to scare everything, and it's going to change the way that you're going to be looking at yourself going forward. That is going to become more of the norm because, as I indicated yesterday, these home builders are still sketchy back from 2000, 2007, 2008, not to mention start for capital, so they aren't going to be rolling out new products. They're very hesitant. It costs more to buy a house. Less people will qualify. They're not going to be able to go ahead and soak up. And it's an uncertain market. What's really interesting as you look at uh, what's happening in the rental market is people, because of the way the economy is having a difficult time in Australia, rental vacancies have soared, ladies and gentlemen, soared. Here's what it, here's what it looks like. The vacancy rate in Sydney doubled from 5.7% in March to 13.8% in April. I'm going to repeat that again. In Sydney, the central business district, okay, post-COVID, post-COVID, remember they're having record-setting number of people. They're scaring themselves to moving into what's called multi-generational living, meaning you live with grandma and grandpa, you live with your parents, and you all start occupying one place. This is a record high vacancy in a very powerful business district. More than doubled in one month. One month. One month. Brisbane, just so you know that this is an anomaly, went from 5.7% vacancy to 11.3%. As people are starved, getting kicked out because an increase in the employment or in the unemployment level and a lack of jobs being provided post-COVID. Melbourne went from 2.6 and tripled, actually kind of uh, prospectively worse, to 7.6% better. South Bank from 5 to 13%. Folks, that winter is coming for you here. As people decide to go ahead and make ends meet by moving in with grandma, grandpa, their parents, or with each other at this point. One in six Australians changed their living arrangements Due to what they're blaming, the coronavirus pandemic. What's the coronavirus pandemic being blamed for? Well, slow down in business, slow down in manufacturing, slow down in production. Everyone's got their excuse. This is coming out of the pandemic. Be aware of what I'm saying so that 
You can say later on, I heard all this before. Where did I hear it? Well, you heard it here on the Rock of Talk. I'm going to be very even with you. So they had a May survey of more than 1,000 Australians by something called Finder showed 26% of households have an adult child living at home. Oh, you think it can't get worse? Oh, is that okay? That's more than the norm. We're going to get into the numbers in detail. According to the numbers, one in five, 21% returned home due to COVID-19. What about the other four out of five? Well, that's due to everything else, like lack of opportunity, lack of jobs, a collapsing economy. Remember, Australia's shut down. It's still kind of shut down. They do whatever the government tells them to do. Worse than they, New Mexico. They, they, oh, yes, <laughs> it, it is way worse. Just so you understand. And, and here's the uh, <clears throat> experts. You always have to listen to the authorities and the experts. Finder personal finances expert Kate Brown said sweeping job losses and reduced income have left thousands, tens of thousands of young adults without enough money to pay the rent and bills so they are moving back home. What's over there or what's down under is now coming up here. Be prepared. They aren't rolling out new homes for a reason. You will be likely kicked out of your dwelling. There's going to be larger vacancies, and this is real. Pay attention. All these people who want to mask up and the vax and all that, they're literally scaring you into the new normal, which is we're all going to be living in communes at the end of this whole thing. The people who are living by themselves, that's also increased. We're going to get into that. Because we have the complete and total breakup of the family. People with different political opinions. Decided to just separate. Oh, you're a vaxxer. I'm a, you know, if you're not divorced from your, 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 your wife or your husband because of your political opinions, you better get on the same page as them. You better be voting for the same people. And whoever is the alpha of that house, you better start getting those people to all vote Republican and want to be Republican. Otherwise, they're going to give you every excuse in the book why they shouldn't move out. And the only place that they're going to want to do it, and I'm going to talk about this as well, is Scandinavian countries where they're very dependent. So if the government's not taking care of them, they want the person who is providing the house to take care of them. This from Bloomberg. And we're going to end this segment here, but I'll bring it back to kick it back off with, with Bloomberg. Housing costs, this today, drive more people to move back in with their parents and other unique living arrangements. Oh, the homelessness? Oh, it's coming for you, folks. It's absolutely coming for you. People now in their 20s and 30s constitute the largest demographic people moving back home. Oh, wait. But then I can't go to work because of COVID. Then I can't go here. Yeah, am I scaring you parents? They're moving in and they're going to ask you for the highest speed internet to work from home from your house because their new home is going to be your home. The rising cost of living is forcing more people to move back in. And it's not just young adults who are struggling. The pandemic has now pushed a record number of people, including those in their 40s and 50s, to find other living arrangements. I don't know what else to say. This, this information is incredible. Among adult children living with their parents, more than half say it helps them financially. 30% say they pay nothing towards the rent or mortgage. A recent Credit Karma survey found that 29% of people between the ages of 18 and 25 live at home. You think that's high? 
it's going to get significantly higher. Significantly higher. The break up the families, not going to work. And then, of course, you've got the excuse now because you've got to deal with COVID. 550-5500 if you want to go ahead and uh, text in. Hopefully I can get to your text message. Back in three. Thanks for You might like to hear something from us. Nice. And easy. Good job well, down in the I'd like to do that for yeah, you. Did. But that's one thing, you see. For the main we never, ever do nothing nice and easy. No, you don't. No, you <laughs> we always do it. Yeah. Nice rough. and rough. rough. And we're going to take the beginning of this song and we're going to do it. Uh, you say, easy. But then we're going to do the finish. Rough. Yeah, it was uh, rough for them. Uh, how bad was it? You've seen the movie, right? Is it, uh, Tina Turner filed for divorce uh, from, from that man you hear on the other side of that. Uh, Ike. Ending their violent 16-year marriage and successful musical partnership. There you go, so... Had to find new living arrangements, and uh, the rest is history. Little proud Mary, not so proud uh, after all that. By the way, uh, it was '74, not '75, that Wings started a seven-week run uh, with Band on the Run. Never on the Run. Uh, D. Dowd Muska and I here in the Kiva 550-5500. A little bit of a somber day, so a different tone. Just talking about living arrangements, what's going to be happening, what you need to prepare for, how it's going to work out, and let's not forget, folks. <laughs> you had zero interest rates for the last two and a half years. Okay. The 225 basis point increase started in January. When you got your three-quarter point interest rate hike today and you didn't pay off your credit card, well, guess where? Everything's going to be a little bit more expensive. I'd get that stuff paid off pronto, as quickly as possible. And no, the government with the little $400 or whatever kind of stimmy check they're going to get to so you can vote for them isn't going to go ahead and, and work for you. So let's let's continue with this uh uh, uh, this conversation uh, here because you need to hear all of this. In fact, Dowd's uh, hearing a lot of this stuff. I mean, you, your jaw's got to be dropping, uh, Dowd, when you hear the Australian stuff, when you're hearing what's happening in China. And uh, remember, it's hitting there first. It hit the Asian Tigers first, the last uh, big recession. And folks, we are in a recession. Don't try to redefine the terms. Don't try to come up with your own ideas about things, uh, Dowd, right? I mean, that's what the, that's basically what they're doing. So you know, we've got a lot uh, to, to get to. What, what do you think about just this, these first three touches here? Australia, China, and uh, what's coming uh, for the people here in this country? Well, what we know about the United States, and I'm, I'm really grateful that the Pew Research Center churns out massive amounts of data, and I, I hadn't seen this one back in March, uh, Eddie, that you sent me the, the link to. Here's the number on uh, the good old U.S. of A. I can't speak much to other countries. I'm not exactly, I'm not my sister and brother-in-law traveling the world uh, every weekend. 1971, year before I was born, to 2021, the number of people living in multi-generational family households here in America quadrupled. And, of course, you've got to adjust, you know, population grows. So let's just look at the share. The share more than doubled uh, to 18% of the U.S. population, yep. which is—and, you know, it, it, it's a weird sort of thing because I come from a big Catholic family— 
we don't have kids in our family anymore, but we did in previous generations. And I grew up with constant, you know, multiple levels. I think my great, I had a great, great aunt who died a few years before my nephew was born. And I think my father says that if she just lived a few more years, she would have been a great, great, great aunt, three greats. Uh, my father tells stories about growing up. His, his uncles lived with his mother and his father, uh, various times, uh, the boys, uh, were, uh, <clears throat> came back from the war and they were a little, uh, rambunctious. Uh, they had some, uh, drinking and, uh, women issues, uh, and family households were, it, it, I, you know, it was kind of a common thing, particularly for big Irish Catholic, Italian Catholic, uh, Hispanic Catholic families, you know, multi-generational households, not that, uh, not that rare. Uh, I'm just looking at how Pew defines it. It means you might think, well, a mom and dad with a baby boy or a baby girl, that's a multi-generational household. They're talking about multi-generational in the form of yeah, three, three. 25-year-olds and yeah. up adult people living with their parents and or their grandparents, you know, multi, two to three to four generations. I lived with my parents for many years on the farm. Uh, my father told me at, at a very young age, <laughs> I think on some level, my father knew how much work there was. Son, you can live here as long as you and want. And, and it should be stated, it's not just here, it's everywhere. In the U.K., they had 3.6 million people sure. aged 20 to 34 were living with their parents. But, but Back I think, 20 years ago, they only had 1.1 million people. It, it, I mean, it's a weird shift. If, if Why the numbers are growing at a time when there's less agriculture, when family size is smaller, there's just fewer people to move back in with mom and dad. So you'd kind of think the long-term trend, if you, if you were looking at this, if you arrived from Mars, you'd say, well, these multi-generational households, of course, these numbers are going to go down every year. No. It's kind of going the opposite direction. Not kind I, of. It, it, it's it, rocketing it, it, in the other direction. It is, and it's a very— it's not, it's not a little bit. It's like when we, when we lay these numbers out for you, it's, yep. it'll, it'll, it'll make your head spin. And, and, and Eddie, it, i got to believe that you know, economic problems, uh, uh, housing costs certainly are, are part of this, but i got to also believe a part of this is the collapse of— standards in our country where it's much more common to not work than it was 50 years ago. It's much more common to have a substance abuse problem that they blame on some gene in your brain. I don't want to get you too know? in the weeds because I think it's going to be hard enough for us to sort well, of I'm put Well, I'm trying to figure out around. why these numbers are going up when they well, should be going down. Pretty, I'm fascinated by uh, that. I think that, it's pretty easy argument. because people are wanting to work less, do more yeah, yeah. Uh, with themselves, and it's all I, I, me, me focuses on themselves. Well, and, and, and they indulgent don't parents, to too. Well, it, it's, the indulgent parents uh, have had it, the greatest generations had it easier than anybody. I mean, free money, printing it as, as long as they want to. Eventually, that has to come to a, a standstill. We're at the end of this cycle of spring, summer, fall, winter. This is going to be the winter. This next generation, my children, are going to be the winter. We're in the fall part. We're cycling out of that 80 years, right? Or I guess you could say we're in the winter, if you will. And my kids are going to be the spring, hopefully. I hope that that's really where we're at. And, and it's not just values. I don't want to get into cultural conversations, um, but people have a tendency now in a higher level of industrialized uh, to really sort of um, feel that they are entitled to various things. And if they don't get it one place, they don't want to work too hard for it. If somebody else is going to give it to them and anybody can buy them, whether it's for votes or for, you know, some level of codependent uh, relationships that they might be uh, involved in. But just listen to this in places like Portugal, the average age to leave the parental nest is 30 years of age. That's actually increased to now 34 years of age. People are staying together and they're finding other excuses to stay together. It's like, yeah, pack your pack your stuff. <laughs> I want to say the other word and get the heck out. 
People by the uh, 57. Ian O'Sullivan moved back with his parents in West London when he and his wife split up five years ago, relying on a low-paid public sector job. The librarian sought a two-bedroom rental last year to be closer to soon. How about getting a new job entirely? How about getting a new life, a second job, something else? Nothing here is there to talk about that. Uh, I bet he goes to the government before he decides to get a second job. He's going to say, I can't work. I'm 57 years of age. Uh, I'm No, you can go and find work. You, you, you had big enough pants to go ahead and get a divorce. Go find something else to do. Find another income. My salary just about scrapes it, so I've been stuck here. No, you haven't been stuck here. There's been jobs aplenty, as you know. Despite the stigma, moving back in with the family members, even for units, can help stabilize their finances. Why do we continually have this frame of mind where everybody else needs to help people? Get the hell out of the house as quickly as possible. And, and if you left the door open, they'll come right back. We, 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 we need each other. We, we got to be together. How about self-realization? How about aspiring to be something greater than once where you were? For, for stepping up, for adding, not being a subtraction? There's no pride any longer. There's no aspirations. There's no ambition any longer. Where's the ambition in the world? It's nowhere. Now it's all entitlement. Your life is not worth living. You are less than an animal. You are less than a plant because you have no level of consciousness which would implore you to become better than you were the day before, the week before, the month before, the generation before that you inherited. Your life has to be worth living at some point. This isn't a function of, yes, I need to go ahead and keep, keep my head above ground. People died at the age of 35, 40, 45. They left it all on the battlefield. They left it all in their work, and they tried to become something better, and they hoped they left something better behind because you are not entitled to live a day past whatever that day is that you are allowed to live on this earth. Oh, I, 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 and you deserve the retirement, 78, 79, 80. I'm going to live until I'm No, you've got to fight to live. Nothing entitles you to live. Nothing. You're not entitled to tomorrow. But we speak as if we're entitled to the very next day, the week, month, year. And if they don't give it to us, we get to victimize ourselves as to say, well, you know what? They didn't give it to me. Them's the breaks. I'm going to find it from somebody else. Feeling lonely and looking to save on rent, Tori Gervais moved back in with her mom in Sydney. She changed industries, put some money aside, is now looking to move out. But the high housing prices in Australia means she can't afford to move out for at least a few years. Well, you created this new normalcy. Your behavior has created the forecasting for home builders, for people who own properties, and they say, well, I can't afford to go ahead and do it. People don't pay rent. Now the government had to pay me rent during COVID during this time because you couldn't pay rent and you had an excuse. We have come up with so many excuses. Not only have we run out of money, we've run out of excuses. It's a cultural shift, not just here, about around the rest of the world. Do I believe that something massive, an, an extinction level event is going to happen? Not only do I believe it's going to happen, but it's practically required at this point. We can't manage the 7 billion people who are here because they're all going to be moving in with each other on communes and the Democrats and the liberals, if you will, in the non-traditional sense, are going to say... This is the way it needs to be. This is the new normal. You're going to own nothing and you're going to like it. No, we will not. Life is not worth living. If you can't become something independent on your own and with yourself that would identify you as something that says, you know what? That man lived a life worth living. That was a good death. That was a good life. Back after a quick break. Top of the hour news. We'll check the uh, 
terrible things that are happening around the world right now. Maybe you could sign up for the uh, billion dollar lottery. Albuquerque's macro aggression. Eddie Aragon, the rock of talk. Eddie Aragon, the rock of talk. I am Cassandra K. I the ABQ.FM, rockoftalk.com. Hour two coming at you here from the ABQ. So, of course, you can catch us on Roku TV, Amazon Fire, Apple TV, podcasting on Stitcher, SoundCloud, Spotify, and Audible, and uh, rockoftalk.tv, rockoftalk.com. Yep, uh, I've invented all of that, including the 65 radio stations that you can find directly at rockoftalk.com. And, uh, well, I've handed over the Keys to the uh, rockoftalk.chat, uh, where you can subscribe for less than 20 cents a day to D. Dowd Muska's uh, uh, various write-ups. We'll get to his uh, write-up because it, it sort of kind of cross-sections this poverty, living, quality of life, all those types of things. And it was a good, uh, uh, a very good read. A very One of his more dense ones, I should probably say. Very dense. And, People always and call the, me dense. Yes. Oh, no, I meant uh, dense in terms of the density of the content. Uh, you know, I got to say... Now is the uh, absolute uh, best time to go ahead and uh, pick up that 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 uh, computer of yours and subscribe today, Dowd Muska. Um, you know, I, as I said, it's going to be a little bit of a somber. Um, uh, you know, we have to discuss serious things. We can't just you know uh, screw around on the radio all day long and uh, you know <laughs> decide that, that we're not going to address serious issues. Uh, so we can, I don't know, talk about transgenders or black lives matter or things that just don't matter. <laughs> like all those issues. Uh, we have actually a serious, uh, you know, situation to address here in this country uh, and elections. I would also call those pretty whimsical as well, because let's face it, folks, both sides of the aisle have uh, completely created this mess. You hear uh, top of the hour, Kevin McCarthy. Oh, he, uh, Joe Biden's completely responsible. Hey, wait, the Democrats were saying you guys were completely responsible. It's like, these guys don't care about anybody but themselves. I would say that Donald Trump sacrificed a significant amount of his own personal wealth to run this country. Um, he took it in the shorts a number of different ways and is even doing so now. But he wants it. He's a glutton for punishment. And uh, I, I have to say, uh, he's a man after my own heart. I think we you know, park our cars in the same garage because you're willing to sacrifice yourself to get a better world. But I think there comes a time where the virtue of selfishness should set in. And you might think of that as a very narcissistic thing to say, but uh, I would not agree. I think given that people, by and large, they don't remember you past the day, month, year, whatever. Oh, so, like, what's the last thing you've done for me? And, you know, and people are just, you know, downright rude. It's like, this isn't a free service. We don't prepare for our own uh, and, and put this inf- information and in in the show together because, you know, for the fun of it. Uh, we do this as this is truly a public service. Hey, could you actually say that it's a community service for some of these talkers, if you want to even call them that, to come on, you know, check the weather, you know, sports, and <laughs> cut up and make some fun of things? Like, like, is that really doing the community a service or coming and lying to you about how wonderful everything is? And I want to share with the latest goings on with my, um, uh, what I'm doing here. Blessings. Think, yeah, Blessings. Like everything. Yeah. It's like, no, that doesn't help. Because now it's that type of talk that's got us into this situation because it's all avoidance, right? You guys are seeing that in your own relationships with people. Like, well, we've had the same problem going on with the last one year, three year, five years. Like, why do I have this going on for so long? Because you guys are practicing avoidance. You guys are unable to deal with the large elephant uh, in the room. 
And uh, that is just, I got a lot of people who are already locked in preparing for the lockdowns uh, that are inevitably coming once again. And we know that, and uh, we've been prepared for it. So um, there you go. I didn't mean to steal your thunder here. Uh, we have a, a 619, a Donald Lee uh, area code guy who's called in or texted. He says, nice, Eddie, you tell doubt. I don't want to get into the weeds. You're taking over his talking points. Uh, I don't know. Was I reading over your script, uh, looking over your shoulder? Now we have to hear you ramble on, boring. You know what? You want to hear positivity? You want to hear, you want to hear the things that uh, you want to be? Like nobody is going to read that kind of negative feedback back out to his own audience. No, because I don't care about that. I just want things to, to, to improve. And this is jaw-dropping information, and I will get to the rest of your text. Well, right? to, 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 uh, sure. to, to grant the, uh, the give the caller his due, uh, it is a 39-page document from, from Pew Research. And, Eddie, the one that just, I'm trying to go through it, uh, the one that stands out the most to me, the stat, is that, uh, because it's one thing to leech off your parents. It's one thing to, it's another thing to live with your parents and, and help them, you know, and, and, and a lot of people do, but a fair amount of people don't. Among those ages 25 to 39 who are back home, 37% say they don't pay any of the rent or mortgage. Uh, and about a quarter, and this is what really blows me out of the water, about a quarter of those age 40 and older who live with mom and dad who would surely be collecting Social Security by that point, because if you're over 40, mom and dad are certainly collecting Social Security. 23% of those people say they don't contribute to the mortgage or rent. Uh, that's, uh, whew, wow, um, <clears throat> that's that's a little scary. Uh, on the farm, of course, there's no shortage of work. And so no matter what age you are, you're working on the farm, but yeah. there's not a lot of farms left and not a lot of farm households left in America. So I think these are homes in the suburbs where there are some leeches, uh, leeching. And dad, we'll post this in the show notes. Uh, you would be good to, instead of criticize, uh, why not subscribe at yeah. uh, rockoftalk.chat. So the demographic, uh, the demographics, excuse me, of multi-generational households, um, Americans in multi-generational households are less likely to live in poverty. Why? Because they're pooling their money or one guy, one big guy is taking care of everybody else. Who's in there? As I told you, the numbers, they're staggering, staggering. Number of living in multi-generational households in the millions is now approaching 70 million, folks, 70 million. People are not able to provide for themselves or actually, I think more appropriately, choose not to. Choosing, yeah, I mean, choose not to. They choose to be moochers, uh, everyone's alligator arms at this particular point. Okay. Need we, we play Cab Calloway's Minnie the Moocher in the next hour, maybe? <laughs> uh, I sing that to my dogs every morning. I have Minnie, Minnie the Moocher and Millie the Moocher. They're always asking for more treats. We were at 50 million back in 2008. And then you saw this giant leap up when President Barack Obama came in. Okay. Yeah. A giant leap up. And now we're over 60, 65, 66 million. The share of U.S. population living in multi generational households in 2021 was 18%. Was 18%. We're now approaching 20%. We're approaching crush depth. After declining earlier decades, it has grown steadily in the U.S. since the 70s, from 71 to 2001. More than double down. Uh, you've got the numbers there from 7 to 18%. More than double. Among young adults, men more likely than women to live in multi-generational housing. Why is that? Well, men younger... 25 to 54, and then women older, they're caretakers. They care when they're younger, so they stay. They have a tendency to move out, start their own families. Men don't necessarily do that. Men and women overall are equally likely to live in multi-generational households overall, but men, younger, women when they're older. How about amongst white Americans? This uh, may not be surprising to you, but Blacks and Hispanics, oh, they're just family, very, very family-oriented. One in four, then one in four for both blacks and Hispanics don't leave the property. 
They squat. Asians, 24%. That must be because they're ethnic. White people, half that, 13%. Oh, Eddie, you're being racial. No, uh, these are the stats. These are the numbers. White Americans are the least likely to live in multi-generational households. 18 to 24, 21%. One in five. 40 to 54, one in seven. Nearly 15%. And then it goes back up to about 65 to 85, somewhere hovering between 17 to 20%. Considerably higher in ethnic households. Drivers of growth in multi-generational households. What is it? What's leading to all this? Growth accelerated during the Great Recession has continued at a slower pace since then. But then it's going to, as we have the Great Recession, remember they're still referring to that, to 2007 to 2009. Uh, can we say, Dowd, should we pen it now? The Greater Recession? Yes. Okay, maybe we'll say the Greater Recession that is coming because it's going to be seismic. Residents of multi-generational households are less likely to be poor than those in other living situations. Less likely to be poor. Why? Again, the point must be made. They pool their resources. Yeah. Pool their resources. Multi-generational household poverty rate for Hispanics, 13%. 15% for blacks. 21% for non-multi-generational households for blacks. How do they maintain it? At least they're autonomous. Dowd makes a very good point in his article. We'll, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll get to that. These people who are poverty-stricken, not necessarily poverty-stricken. And finally, unemployed and disabled workers less likely to be poor if they live in multi-generational households. 19% if they live on their own, 11% if they live in a multi-generational household. So we've got a lot more of that, those numbers, not to mention, let's not forget, Dowd said it's a, what did you say, 72 pages? Is that what you said? Uh, 39. Or, 39. I think that's something. A lot else. of data. Yeah, so a lot of, a lot of data that, that. And Pew that, does a good, I mean, they're liberal, but when they do these data dumps and these, these, these kind of analysis, the numbers are usually pretty reliable. Back after a quick break, thanks for listening. We'll check out European countries and the surprise Scandinavia Get out of my house. I mean, I literally heard a story today of a man who is uh, squatting. He has a significant ailment, he doubt Muska, and he wants to impose uh, upon one of his friends and two of his friends and uh, their solution because he wouldn't leave and they felt sorry for him because of his health ailments is uh, they decided to go ahead and call the state of New Mexico to uh, put them in the state of New Mexico's care. So uh, from just one or two taxpayers uh, who were taking care of them to everybody, and uh, it does eventually add up. Uh, New Mexico is a great place to be poor, which is why we attract so many homeless people here in the state. Uh, we keep enabling them at every turn and every juncture. I mean, literally the sob story being printed by the Albuquerque Journal was uh, how this woman had been living in the park for seven years and you're getting rid of her home and the other person been living in the park for three years. Like, no, 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 this is not your home. This is a park where 
you know, it is for public consumption for everyone. This isn't your own no individual. squatter's rights here. Yeah, yeah. Squatter's rights, uh, you should also know from a real estate perspective, if you squat a home for 10 years, it's yours. Wow. Uh, yeah, 10 years. Uh, that, I don't know if you knew a little bit of that then. Uh, if they're in there for seven years, it's impossible to evict them, uh, even if they don't have a rental agreement. Um, there's some really bad real estate law here, and it's all on the side of the tenants. And let's not forget that it was the state of New Mexico who was uh, making landlords whole, and they said, oh, we're going to continue to bail you out. And they still were complaining. I think we were the last ones to let up, and I was feeling sorry for the landlords. who were like, hey, they let these guys in. But, uh, Dad, let's uh, take a little detour before we bring it back into more of the sad, sad news about um, – the experiences uh, of adults and why they move in together. And, you know, they, they say the, uh, <clears throat> here's the number, financial issues top the list of reasons why people live in multi-generational households. Financial issues, that's the major reason, of course. Uh, this is just the arrangement they always had or to care for an adult or family member. It's only one and a quarter. I had to move in to take care of my dad. Now your dad's taking care of you, bro. Uh, so let's just I'm put sure that the out reverse there. reverse is, is the truth in many, <laughs> many of these cases. Yeah, those of those upper incomes are the least likely to say caregiving is a reason for their living arrangement. No, I had to care for an adult or my own family member or to provide or receive help with uh, child care, uh, uh, shorter amounts of there. And then adults with upper income are more likely than those with middle and lower incomes to say living in a multi-generational household has been positive. Hmm. <laughs> what a surprise. Uh, Dowd, we're not as poor as we seem to be. You had the write-up at rockoftalk.chat. Yeah, this is, uh, well, it's a labor of love, but also it's a labor mm. of hate for me, this particular issue, folks, because I'm going to ask you a question that was asked. It was a poll, it was a poll question in 2009, and I, I doubt the results would be much different. Okay. A family in the United States that has a decent, uncrowded home, ample food to eat, okay. access to medical care, uh, owning one or more cars, uh, having a, an account with cable television, so this is 2009, I think you could probably say cable or, or satellite or, or streaming, air conditioning oh. uh, and a microwave should not be considered poor. Would you Would you agree? generally agree with that? I would completely. Would you... it, it, does it also include indoor plumbing? <laughs> I think that's assumed. Okay. Right. <laughs> I think we're at 99% okay. in America. <laughs> 100%. Yeah. 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 Uh, okay, Eddie happens to be with the 80% of Republicans, and get this, 77% of Democrats who agreed with that statement in 2009, so 12, wow. 13 years ago, the Heritage Seems Foundation logical. did this. But it's kind of interesting because if you agree with that statement, you're basically saying America doesn't really have any poor people. Uh, the living conditions don't. that we just described closely match those of the typical family defined as poor by the Census Bureau. Mm -hmm. 77% of Democrats basically, when they were read that statement, said those people are not poor. So we throw around the term poverty a lot. And um, I always think uh, uh, I always think of some poor little, I mean, genuinely poor little child, you know, waking up in the third world in a hut. Uh, mother has started to lit the fire in the dirt to, to cook something that day. Maybe father's around, maybe father's not. You, you walk out of that hut that's tar paper and corrugated metal strapped together, a uh, little child maybe is wearing a SpongeBob T-shirt that was sent by well-intentioned Westerners out of surplus T-shirts uh, from <laughs> Europe or the United States. There's there's this open sewer, you know, just there's a ditch right there running Lo down. Losers of the NBA championship, uh, uh, oftentimes yes, the, the yeah, over the loses. Super Bowl. Yes, yeah, yes, they get yes, their yes, stuff absolutely. shipped. Like, <laughs> <laughs> no, right. no, the Baltimore Orioles did not win the uh, <laughs> Patriots' victory over the Giants in the Super Bowl. Um, you know. I, I, you'd have to be a, a cad to say that that's not, you know, poverty mm. and, and destitution and 
real deprivation. Uh, there's a humorist, in, he's kind of a Hunter S. Thompson type guy called Fred Reed, and he wrote this years ago, and it always really resonated with me. America has precious little poverty. If by poverty you mean a lack of something to eat, clothing adequate to keep you warm and cover your private parts, and a dry and comfortable place to sleep. Mm-hmm. In the inner cities, or as we call, or used to call them the slums, there is horrendous cultural emptiness. Cultural emptiness, mm-hmm. yes. And the products of the suburban high schools are catching up fast. But poverty, the kind you see in the back streets of Port-au-Prince, Haiti, it barely exists right. in the United States. This, it doesn't exist. And this is something, you know, if any, if our friend in Santa Fe is listening, his head just explode, uh, exploded, Eddie, because they just, they cannot promise, you know, they can't process this. Let me tell you a little bit about how the official poverty statistic is released. And you hear this all the time in, in so much of government policies based on this, you know, mm-hmm. oh, their income level determines that they're, they, they're eligible. To, these are means tested programs. And it means that they're eligible for this program because they're, quote, in poverty, close mm-hmm. quote. Okay. The poverty rate, this, the statistic that determines so much of, of fiscal policy in our country, and in our state and at the local level that we use today, and I'm, I'm reading from an analysis by a, uh, a scholar named uh, Nicholas Eberstadt from the American Enterprise Institute who's been working on this issue for decades and decades. And surprisingly to our friend in Santa Fe, there's actually widespread left-right agreement on what I'm about to explain to you folks. The left and the right agree that this is a terrible, terrible measurement that doesn't mean anything anymore. At the start, of LBJ's Great Society, the War on Poverty. You know, this country declares unconditional war yep. on poverty. Yep. Um, this was all rushed uh, in the mid-60s, uh, of course, because LBJ had one of the greatest, maybe the greatest victory in 1964. Americans were not going to endorse uh, the the uh, candidate. You know, they were going to keep uh, him in office in 64. They weren't going to sign off on, a, on an assassination attempt. So uh, Johnson soaked up a lot of uh, goodwill from the country. The country paid dearly for, for putting him in office with huge majorities of Democrats uh, in the legislature. So they asked a researcher at the Social Security Administration. They said, listen, uh, we're launching a war on poverty. We, what is poverty? We don't. The federal government didn't even track it at the time. This was not that long ago. This was a couple years before I was born. In 1964, they weren't tracking poverty. They were not tracking it. I was. I was, uh, and I'm a young man. So they had to invent it. So they had to create the problem too. <laughs> exactly. S- spend money on the solution, which of course just spawns more problems, which mm. spawns more programs, yep. which creates more jobs for people in government. So they asked this woman who in 2001 repudiated her own work and said, I I agree with everybody who says we should junk this metric. It doesn't mean anything. So uh, she was asked, according to Mr. Eberstadt, she was asked to do the administrative equivalent equivalent of an overnight term paper. They gave her no time to do this. So she gathered the team together at the Social Security Administration and did a quick and dirty job. They grabbed for data that happened to be readily available at the time and cobbled it together to make up their poverty index. This is what they did. This is this completely arbitrary and no longer relevant uh, system that they laid down. They went to a 1955 report, so this is a decade-old report, finding that American families of three or more, okay, so not just two people or single single people living alone, there's a lot of us, devoted about a third of their after-tax income to food. So they used that share to create a, an initial poverty threshold. They simply tripled uh, the cost of the, um, the food, what it was called the economy food plan, how much you spent on money, uh, the cheapest nutritionally adequate menu, with additional thresholds to cover other household sizes, a national poverty line, quote-unquote, was drawn. Anyone with an annual reported income below that line was officially in poverty. And as the years have gone on, uh, the rate was updated and it has been updated annually by adjusting for changes in the consumer price level. Well, right off the top, you can probably tell, ladies and gentlemen, we don't spend a third of our household budgets 
on food anymore in America. The price of food, because it's not terribly controlled by the government and something like healthcare and energy, those prices, education, they're always going up for IT, clothing, food. There's minimal government involvement in there. Those prices keep going down because capitalism works. We don't spend anywhere near even the most extravagant household doesn't spend anywhere near as much as a third of their household budget on food anymore. It just doesn't happen. So that's just one reason to look at the poverty measure and just recognize just how about incredibly worthless it is. Um, again, another thing they don't adjust for, regional price parities. It's more expensive to live in Malibu and Manhattan than it is to live in Albuquerque, for example. Uh, the size of the home doesn't also account for uh, one fun thing. Non-cash benefits, the value of subsidized housing, doesn't mm. account for Medicaid, doesn't account for food stamps, Section eight. and on and on and on. Yep. This official measure is worthless, and that's why my piece unpacks this. In the next segment, we're going to get by, get into why the Albuquerque Journal's recent piece on poverty this week uh, didn't even explore these issues and was journalistic malpractice. The poverty rate ain't the poverty rate, folks. Uh, we're going to get into some more data in the next segment because I needed, as Eddie said, to really do a deep dive on this to really explain how crazy this is and how much money we spend on people who are not deprived. Uh, I know it's not popular to say it, but I only go for the truth. I only go for the stats, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Rockoftalk.chat, uh, if you want to check it out. We're going to get into uh, some more details after the break, and it's going to blow your mind even more. I'll read your text, and we'll get a lot more uh, when we return. Here we go. Every time you go away, you need to go away. Get out of the house. I got the saying the same thing. Number one, only could reach uh, number two, Jesus Jones, right here, right now, right here in Akiva. Yep, you're experiencing all of it uh, right here, right now. Paul Young, uh, someone says it reminds him of that uh, movie, I guess, uh, Cars. Something. Everyone has their reminders, especially when it comes back to the uh, 80s. More on uh, Dow's report uh, shortly. I've got more text than I know what to do with. I was just reading through. One tirade of these guys, and a lot of people are upset. Uh, a lot of this stuff could have been prevented, but again, you guys employ the types of politicians that will continue to be the poverty pimps, uh, the, the the Jesse Jacksons, the Al Sharptons of the world. And let's not forget, those are the poverty pimps who need to go ahead and sell this. And you can look it up. Urban Dictionary has any poverty pimp is any self-appointed minority leader that extols the perpetual poorness of their ethnicity, yet is quite well off stemming from their own efforts. Usually a reverend of some unknown church, Marches at the drop of a hat to mug for the cameras using white guilt. White guilt privilege now. To gain credibility, money, and influence. And uh, those are just two of the poverty pimps uh, that they named. And uh, poverty is something that they're selling to keep you guilted so that you'll vote for them and their policies that keep them uh, dependent. And those definitions have been blurred for exactly that reason. And doubt is uncovered uh, why they're, and let's not forget, they use those definitions, those 
uh, baseline, or is it 19,200 or whatever the number happens to be for whatever year that they put out. Uh, I don't make that much, yet you get Section 8, yet you get uh, the welfare cards. Remember, there's a, an extreme amount of corruption involved with those welfare cards that people get from the human resource or the human, uh, what is it? The human, what, what is it? The state of New Mexico has their department just down the street, whatever it is, where they get their welfare. They don't call it that. Because you wouldn't want to use welfare. It became such a negative, negative word. Um, but they get that. And I think that the minimum between Section 8 and the SNAP benefits, uh, Supplemental Nutritional Assistance Program, for a family of eight, you can get up to like $900. Um, that's, that's a, you're clearing nearly two grand without even having to uh, walk out the dough. So uh, there it goes, Doubt. Reiterate, uh, if you're just joining us, I am in no way saying that people who are officially defined as uh, living in poverty households have a wonderful life. I'm saying I'm drawing a distinction between what you think of in terms of destitution, deprivation, and poor choices. Those that There's a very important distinction we're going to get into about those two things. Back to how people in poverty, quote-unquote, actually live. This is uh, Robert Rector, the best poverty analyst I've ever run across in 30 years in this business. According to the government's own data, the average American family or even single person who is identified as poor officially and then you know qualifying for a lot of programs by the Census Bureau lives in an air-conditioned, centrally heated house or apartment that is in good repair and not overcrowded. They have a car or truck. 43% of poor families have two or more cars. The home has at least one widescreen television connected to either cable, satellite, or a streaming service, a computer, or a tablet with an internet connection, and a smartphone. 82% of poor families have one or more smartphones. Wow. By their own report, okay, this is self, you know, when they go out and do this analysis and they report it to the... the so, so they're asking them. They are asking them. The average poor family has enough food to eat throughout the prior year. No family member went hungry for even a single day due to a lack of money for food, uh, arguably the largest healthcare problem right now in America for people who are technically poor is obesity. Uh, the poor, quote unquote, have health insurance and were able to get all quote necessary medical care and prescription medication when needed. Uh, that doesn't really sound like uh, that poor child waking up in a hut, a hut in Port-au-Prince, does it? Okay. Well, well, Dowd, you're not saying it, but I am. All the things that Dowd is not saying, I am directly saying. I'm saying that you are not poor. Uh, you're entitled, uh, 82% controlling a cell phone. Uh, let, let's just uh, put that out there. You don't deserve a, a, a cell phone uh, at the very same time that you say that you can be uh, considering yourself uh, in poverty or poor. Well, and you're right, Eddie, that when you introduce the segment, the, the, it, is, it is an effort to feed the narrative that there's this widespread deprivation in America and then we have to be generous to all the people who are, have so much uh, lacking. Uh, the, the data don't support that. All right, so the feds, during the Obama administration, and because of Mr. Eberstadt and all these other conservative and liberal, the, there was a guy who works for, for Biden right now. I think he's a top economic advisor. Jared Bernstein wrote a, an essay in the New York Times 20 years ago saying we've got to fix this poverty measure. It doesn't mean anything anymore. Wow. They made a half-hearted, I won't say half a word, they made a half-hearted effort to try to correct a little bit. Okay, they created this new measure, not the official poverty statistic, and I know I'm getting in the weeds, so I'm going to try to slow it down. They created something called the Supplemental Poverty Measure. They, for the first time, started counting Medicaid, food stamps, subsidized housing. Those things have real value. And Good. they adjusted. They they went a little ways. They didn't go far enough, but they, they adjusted for the geographic 
differences between housing costs. Malibu and Manhattan, okay. it's not the same as, you know, living in Tucson, Arizona, or Albuquerque, New Mexico, or Las Cruces. So they started to make a few adjustments. Now, what Eddie, that look like? when you make the gotta adjustment— got to be better, right? When you, when you make the adjustment— all kinds of crazy stuff happens, okay? <laughs> All kinds of crazy stuff. But no happens. one's poor. For example, the most recent supplemental poverty measure, they, uh, they released it in September of 2021, so yeah. le- less than a year ago. Uh, our official poverty rate in New Mexico, they did a three-year average in a lot of these statisticians. They don't like to look at a single year because it could some crazy event could, could skew things. They, they look at a three-year average. So our official poverty rate was 16.1%. But... The supplemental poverty rate, which adjusts for the cost of housing and all the bennies that these households get, we fell from 16.1% officially to 12.2%. Uh, so a, a quarter, we dropped by a quarter of the people in poverty. That's something. And what's really interesting, Eddie, is we are less poor than the state of Texas if you use the supplemental poverty measure. We're at, 12 oh. point, we're at 12.2% and Texas is 12.5%. Wow, we have more poor people in Texas <laughs> and that has yes. a lot to do with the fact that they are coming in next to dead last in uh, providing health care. Let's not forget that. That was factored in. Yep. And remember, we have uh, Dow, this uh, unbelievable number of people who are on Medicaid in this state. I oh. think it's like 71, uh, 72%. Seven, over 70% of the babies Stupid. come into the world uh, on Medicaid in New Mexico. I'll just give you a couple other states that you you think of as maybe wealthy states. Uh, Maryland, their poverty rate rises. So that's the opposite of what happens in New Mexico. Wow. When you adjust for you know housing costs and, and the other non-cash Interesting. benefits. Interesting. It is more expensive. Maryland goes from 8.1% poverty up to 10.8%. Okay. California, okay, goes from 11% to 15.4% because the cost of living is so living, insane yeah. in California. Yeah, yeah. And even my own New Jersey, where I raised the boy all by Crazy. all by myself for 11 years, goes from a very low, uh, almost the lowest in the nation, although, of course, we know Utah is always going to have the lowest in the nation of poverty. Uh, New Jersey goes from 7.6% to an even 10%. So... Uh, you know, you start to really, and again, this is a this is a minor adjustment to poverty, not not the significant reform that we need. So, so wait, uh, Dad, just to stop you, it's not all in. We're not getting everything. We're no, not aggregate. Nope, it's like nope. a sort of a portion of the supplemental uh, nutrition. It doesn't stuff. include it's the of, Obama phones. Uh, uh, yeah, you know, so it a, a portion. So, like all the other things are still out there and left out. So, ostensibly, we could say adjusting for the cost of living. It's pretty good to be poor in the state of New Mexico. You're kind of a rich poor person. It, it's it's pretty good, and you know we benefit from you know the housing costs are much lower here than on the coast. So that's I think is our, is our big step forward. Okay, back to what I said okay. earlier. Am I saying that life in New Mexico is wonderful? I am not saying New Me- life in New Mexico is wonderful. There's a reason we come in 50th and 49th in so many categories. And the, the Albuquerque Journal, to its credit, was right to note that we are basically the most illiterate state in the union. I think it was something like 28 to 29 percent of adults uh, read at, I think it was a five to seven-year-old level, not five to five, fifth to seventh grade, but five to seven-year-old. Alcoholism, we just saw a report in New Mexico in depth on how horrendous our alcoholism is here. Crime, uh, we're, what, number one for property crime, number two for violent crime, or one or two we keep moving in between. We're always fighting with Alaska on that. So what am I driving at here? We are not a poor state, okay? We are not a poor state. We have vast energy resources, fabulous scenery, a rich history and culture, and perhaps the best climate in North America. We have three interstates running through our property. Uh, We have a respectable, if not huge, airport here at the Sunport, just over my shoulder. Uh, And uh, we have a border with one of America's largest trading partners, the country of Mexico. We are surrounded by states that are, for the most part, thriving. 
There's no reason why we have to have the problems we do. It's not written in the stars. We're not poor. We're self-destructive. We choose to not read books. We choose to engage in criminal activity. We choose to have all these substance abuse problems and not fight and not, not you know, get the help we need when a lot of resources are, are readily available. In 1964, when LBJ said we're going to have an unconditional war on poverty, he also said something very interesting in that State of the Union address. He said that, quote, our failure to give our fellow citizens a fair chance to develop their own capacity, close quote, was a cause of poverty in America. Well, since then, we've built enormous resources, education, uh, you know, all sorts of various programs to help people to develop their own capacities. But there hasn't been a lot of capacity development, has there? It's been a lot of... You don't need to this, when uh, everyone's the, dependent what upon do they the say? government. The social safety net becomes the yep. hammock. New Mexico's not poor. New Mexico is self-destructive. That is an important distinction. We need to make that distinction. Back and forth. Good job, Dow. Thanks for listening. Sporty Spice. Uh, I know that someone got with Posh Spice. I think it was uh, Beckham. Uh, Bend it like Beckham got with Posh. Uh, are they still together? I think they probably are. You know, the, the Who was it. your favorite Spice girl? I don't remember. <laughs> I just never cared. And but Back in 96. This was, girl power. You know, girl power. I, I wish girl power was only that. I, I didn't realize it was such a cultural shift that, you know, I, they don't realize like how much they di- they have diluted their girl power. I mean, the women of the year are men of the are former like uh, Wheaties box men <laughs> that I grew up with, Bruce Jenner. So uh, there is no girl power that is there. Uh, you heard our, our lightest guy, the bug guy. He's our newest advertiser here. Uh, give Joe a call. Uh, he's a pretty cool guy. Um, but something that was very interesting about bugs is, you know, speaking of food shortages and insecure food insecurity, that's the way we talk about it now. Uh, there's a company in Canada. Oh, uh, someone said, thanks for the Spice Girls. Well, you're, you're welcome. <laughs> hey, we're happy to serve them up. A uh, food brand called Actually Foods, it has to literally say. Now, I stomp on bugs. I crush bugs. I will not eat a bug. I will eat escargot. That's about as close as I'll get. But those are remarkably good. List organic cricket flour. Also, uh, caviar. Uh, list uh, cricket flour is one of its ingredients. The brand from Canadian company... And Tomo Farms, ever heard of it, Dowd? They're a competitor of yours. Has several new cheese puffs that they say are, quote-unquote, actually good for you. No, I'm not going to eat crickets. That's uh, retarded. Uh, Crickets have been in the spotlight as of late because Canada 
Yeah, Blame Canada has announced that it has completed its construction of the world's largest cricket production facility, ladies and gentlemen. They say that crickets and other insects are being prepared for the public to consume due to the food shortages and the food uh, insecurity. Uh, let's not forget, uh, uh, what was it, the World Economic Forum? They're preparing you to eat the, the must uh, supplement. With you will the, live in the, the pod cricket. and you will eat the bugs. Yes. You will yes. the, yes. eat the crickets. It's very good. Uh, you will own nothing. And it's like considered it. or, it's, uh, organic and exotic at the same time. Recent articles have touted the new cricket craze, such as... Of course, the Toronto Stars article from two months ago, Tech Update, Combating Food Insecurity with AI and Crickets. The Daily Mail ran an article titled, Scientists Plan to Feed Primary School Children Crickets and Mealworms to Make the UK Greener. There you go, folks. Uh, these European countries, they've got it all wrong. And uh, there you go. Canada is uh, one of those. Uh, the G7 got together. Uh, any ideas for the leaders for to... Replace uh, Boris Johnson. I'd love to hear about that. Uh, are they going to go with the, the woke black woman? I'm pretty sure that's probably who they're going to have to go with. Otherwise, they're going to bring uh, <clears throat> Boris back. Uh, remember, they took out Shinzo Abe assassination, took out Boris Johnson, and they're trying to keep Donald Trump on the uh, uh, sidelines. Got a tech uh, uh, or I got a text this morning uh, from one of my friends. He said, uh, "Let's see, where, where's where's this at?" Uh, nice little graphic that came in, and it's exactly that. You will eat the bugs. Hey, Klaus Schwab, Lord Jesus Christ is king, not you. And then Jesus uh, saying in the very same meme, no, <laughs> with the, uh, you know, you see the one with the, with the beard. So let's talk about, uh, for a moment, uh, if we can, about how bad these European countries are, because, uh, Dowd, you've got the, the notes there right in front of you. Read them and weep. Um, I also included a little TID technical information document from ResearchGate.net talking about a normative approach to understanding how boomerang kids communicatively move back into the home, how they mind and brain and guilt you. Oh, dad, you're not woke enough, but I want to move in, pay for my bills. Oh, dad, you're not this enough. Oh, mom, you're not that enough. Um, here's what's happening uh, in the UK, speaking of the UK, and uh, it's no bueno. Uh, just some quick stats, uh, if it is. In 2021, there were 19.3 million families in the UK. 6.5% increase. People are mad. They're mating. Hey, mate. 2021, there were also 3 million lone parent families, okay, which accounts for 15.4% of the families, about average, actually, across all the industrialized world. The proportions range from 13.1 in South England to 17.8 in, in British uh, to the east and north and east of England. The number of families that include a couple on a legally registered partnership in the UK has increased 3.7%. Okay, people getting together in the past decade to 12.7 million by comparison to the number of cohabiting couples saw it a, a, a rapid increase. Hey, we don't have to make it official all in all. You know, the government doesn't need to get in on our loved love. 22.9% uh, over the same period uh, to 3.6 million. So here's, uh, here's the read them and weep part, folks. 28.1 million households in the UK, 6.3% increase in the last year. The number of people living in the loan, living alone has actually increased. Divorce, not able to find one another. Heck, COVID. Can we blame COVID for that? Increased by 8.3% over the last 10 years. The proportion of one-person households ranged from 25.8% in London to 36% in Scotland. That sound about right to you and uh, to your families uh, out there, D-Doubt? Mm, I Pretty high, uh, yeah, pretty high. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone's living alone, right? 
2021, 3.6 million people aged 20 to 20, 30 to 34 years of age were living at home with their parents. 28% increase of people in this age group, an increase from 24% a decade ago. It's not just there, it's everywhere. And uh, how long is it uh, before these people leave the nest? Well, Eurostat put this and stuff uh, together for their, uh, what, is it 27, 28, 29 member countries uh, that they have? I think it's uh, something along those lines. And I was absolutely fascinated. My jaw dropped as I looked at these numbers. Because as I've already told you, uh, places like Portugal, they're not leaving until 34. 34 years. How do you stay at home until you're 34? Like what, what goes on in your life that you just can't? I remember I couldn't wait at 17 to 18 <laughs> to just, how do I get out of here? <laughs> get out, out now. Get out now. Um, What's really fascinating is these Scandinavian, and I'm going to make one point, and you'll likely agree because you'll know it to be true. Going back to 2012, the average age in Sweden, 19.9 years of age. Wow. Young. Hey, we're out. Denmark's Bye, 21. Why are those Sweden, Denmark, and Finland, 1921 and 21.9 respectively? Why are they getting out so early back in 2012? Uh, was it an anomaly? Uh, no, because if you go all the way to 2021, guess who's still in the very top? Sweden, Finland, and Denmark. 19, 21, and 21. Those numbers don't change over a period of 10 years. Not impacted by COVID. Remember, they didn't take the vax and you know they didn't mandate anything. I got the good job at the herring, the pickled herring factory, <laughs> and I moved out on my own. And uh, Dowd, we also know one of other things is the government provides a considerable amount for these people. Oh, yeah. I think it also provides for their housing as well. So these are anomalies in the sense that uh, people can afford to move out because they donate 65 to 70 percent of their income back to the government, which provides everything for them. That doesn't make them necessarily better. It just gives you the reason why. Now, here's what's really interesting. These numbers across the board around the world are going to increase. And your jaw will drop when you hear some of these. Uh, anybody for Austria? Very independent people. Twenty, They don't leave the nest till 25.3 years of age. Are we still on our mother and uh, father's uh, Medicaid until 26 years of age? <laughs> 26, here in the state 27, of yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, by the way, 30-somethings at homes are called failure to launch. European Union average, 26.2 years. 26.2 Who wants to marry a Euro, right? What about starting? I've always... Uh, Starting a family with a young uh, Euro European lady, right? You know, just get her young, 17, 18 years of age, you know, right? Oh, the Irish guys travel to Spain. Well, in Spain, better be not looking for a wife because they ain't leaving the age, they ain't leaving the house until they're 30 years of age, folks. 30 years of age. Oh, it gets worse. Bulgaria, 30.3 years. Greece at 31 years. Slovakia, 31 years. Serbia, 33 years. And Croatia, Nearly 34 years of age. Folks, this is going to be the new normal. And I guess, uh, Dowd, you and I should stop complaining complaining, and uh, get with uh, the, the sporty spice, posh spice. Hit the top of the hour news here in the Kiva. Hey, I'm Richard Kiyabi. You have got to give. Taking is too easy, but that's the way it is. If you want to be my
This is The Rock of Talk on AM 1600 KIVA Albuquerque. Mr. Hathaway, no, it was uh, Blake Builder slash Civil, hyphen Civil, uh, big lib, made legal claim for a million pounds, cut to the tragic singer's fortune. Uh, Fielder Civil uh, told Amy's family and his lawyers that he had a valid claim because he was with her for six years during which she released some of her best-selling material. As you do, right? Uh, you, you don't have to be a mega millions or a, a billion-dollar moocher to do, to do that. <laughs> Uh, on uh, Friday, folks, you can just, uh, you know, date a uh, very famous and very drunk. Uh, she's part of the 27 Club, d Dowd Muska. That's right. Yeah, so Morrison. Good. Yeah. Yeah. Family replied by saying he spent a lot of their marriage in prison, bringing nothing but pain to everyone and give him another penny would be too much. So uh, there you go. Good uh, hour of music uh, as well. Happen to uh, like the way that this particular hour is going to finish up uh, with the music, given all the rain that's coming in. Hint, hint, you know where we're going with that. It's going to be fun. Uh, don't forget, you can catch us on Roku TV, Amazon Fire, Apple TV. All the, um, the declining, I sent out a bunch of articles on streaming. And uh, Netflix is, folks, I hate to say this, is poised to fail. It is going to, Netflix is going to fail. I don't even need to say, I'm, I'm, I'm making the prediction, Dowd, mm-hmm. uh, out of business, Ooh. Netflix will be out of business Within. before the end of the decade. Okay. Before the end of the decade, uh, it won't even be a top 20 app on, it, it doesn't have the ability. Now, they do got a lot of engineers, 2,500 uh, engineers who are on the on on the uh, project at any one time, they won't be able to maintain even. Those Are you saying ec- New Mexico's economic development team can't be trusted? <laughs> I mean, I I, I won't yes. sit I won't sit here I and am. listen to that slander. Put words in my mouth. That's exactly what I'm saying. <laughs> oh, that's uh, absolutely what I'm saying. Uh, uh, we we cannot uh, trust their uh, uh, big uh, shot solar Virgin Galactic uh, Netflix investments any longer. Uh, 
What else can I possibly say? All right, we got a lot to uh, get to uh, here this hour. Well, I do thank Mostly you for sending just... me this link on oh, yeah. uh, this book, Binge Times, mm. Inside Hollywood's Furious binge, binge, Billion binge. Dollar Battle to Take Down Netflix. It's I'm going to order a copy Amy, of that. It's not just for Amy Winehouse. She wasn't just the only <laughs> no binger. No. She, she at least had a, a binge that she could explain. We're binging on uh, things we can't explain. Oh, did you watch that? Oh, I got to binge watch that. Oh, I'm about to binge watch that Better Call Saul. Ironically, all this information is coming out at a time that uh, two really local related productions, uh, one Stranger Things, which is my ringtone, and uh, the other one, uh, Better Call Saul or uh, Breaking Bad, uh, uh, more appropriately, still on Netflix is there, uh, is uh, going this way. Uh, did the uh, did the boys uh, come back? Were the boys back in town? The boys are back in town? Did they Ooh. come back to town, do their statue and their... Honorary after you know what? Uh, <clears throat> who would cover that better than the Albuquerque oh. Journal? I'll take a look at their website. Right I'm now. sure it would be front page news above if, the fold. Uh, yeah, they got full color. It. So I am standing now, as uh, people can probably tell. They're, they're different. I, I got texts. Okay, Eddie, I can tell you're sitting down now. Oh, I'm not allowed to sit down. Wait, I'm not allowed to be. At, I'm not allowed to leave the uh, confines of my radio studio. Nope, I'm not allowed to do anything. Uh, where are you today? I get those kind of questions badgering me all the time. Well, I think Dowd uh, uh, held the um, held the fort down pretty. I, I don't know where. Where did that come from? Me and that jarhead, you know, uh, held, the held, held held the fort down. Who held? Where did that come from? I, I don't. No one's holding a fort down. Don't I mean, it's, the fort. It's, it's a fort. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, all right. let's get to your text. You guys are have been great. Um. My maintenance guy at work got a DUI last night, spent the night in jail. <laughs> Might have to hire a new one. Good luck. <laughs> Good luck. He's probably, uh, he got a DUI and he'll probably still get his check at the beginning of the month. You probably have to pay the guy in cash so he can continue getting the dependency. So he can, so he can uh, buy some presents for his little girl that he hasn't seen in four years, but she's there. And Mija, I, I say all the bad things The white people, they buy. They, they, they buy all my BS that I give them every week, but I, I do whatever it takes to just kind of keep the flame lit between you and I, right? <laughs> Same maintenance guy texted me uh, one night. I'm sure he was drunk. Please tell me you're not a Trump lover. I'd hate to use my poison pills by slipping one into your water. Yes, there you go, folks. Nice. There it is. Uh, you know, half of what we described uh, uh, out there is uh, Yvette Harrell's New Lens, uh, by the way. I did not even uh, tell you I'm going to be at CPAC next week. Oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah, I got in Florida. Uh, uh, no, actually in Texas, Texas. Oh, yep, oh. yep. I'll be in. Uh, I'll be at CPAC. I got my official uh, media credentials today. Oi, uh, oi, oi. So it'll be fourth through seventh. Uh, Trump will be there. I've got the. Uh, so glad they're not in D.C. anymore. They're moving out to red states for. CPAC. Well, they were at a place called Oxbow, Oxford something, Maryland. Um, so oh, right, it was right. uh, kind of outside the Beltway, but still sort of inside the Beltway. Like I, I don't understand. Um, so Yvette Harrell will be there, by the way. So, I work um, more than a few CPACs at uh, have you? my time as, as an intern with the media research. Were you there with the uh, Breitbart crew when yeah, he was there? Were you, were you there uh, for no, the famous no I was there in 1992. Uh, okay. <laughs> a little farther back than Breitbart. <laughs> when CPAC was really CPAC. Uh, uh, so what happened to the peace and love party with this guy, Eddie? They are completely intolerant uh, anymore. That's kind of a sad, uh, sad, 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 sad state of affairs there. I want to go to CPAC. Well, too bad. Yeah, you can't be a media member and you're not a member of the stations. I can't take you. Like, I want to go. I... We're not handing out tickets. You have to actually qualify to be in the room. Um, you have Kennedy... to have status. 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 I mean, you know. My coworker's son is 32, Eddie. He has a job at a gas station but doesn't pay for rent, groceries, or bills. Does he go to rehab? 
Uh, he does, but $500 tattoos and tips generously. Serious man child. Yeah. yeah, I'm a big tipper. I, I like to go uh, eat out and I tip really, really, really big. Yeah. And then uh, you're living at home. They call 30 somethings living at home failure to launch. Let's see. I want to go to CPAC. Most handsome. Okay. Was that me? Thanks for the Spice Girls. My ex grew up on a dirt floor. She helped her mom haul water. Her mom woke up before sunrise and started the wood stove for heat. My ex's dad gone for weeks at a time working on the railroad. My ex washed her own clothes by hand. She took a bus 40 miles one way to school, but never knew she lived in poverty. She loved living with her parents, free health care. Her father died when she was 20, and her mom, after we began dating, had been given the gas X for a year for her abdominal pain. My ex took her to the Albuquerque Hospital during Christmas, and they found a tumor in her bladder the size of a grapefruit and gave her six months to live. She died six months later. So all liberals complaining of Indian sports names learn what really affects Native Americans. Wow, that's a... That's a deep cut there. Very. There's a lot there. <laughs> yeah. It's a, there's a lot to negotiate there, uh, folks. Wow. That was, hmm. Stan says, the grapes of wrath, Eddie, ends with the Jods entering a government labor camp. Yep, that is true. It might be a good time to revisit the grapes of wrath. Uh, it's Bruce Springsteen song. He's, he's out there looking for Tom Jode. <laughs> you know, I'm Bruce Springsteen, and the IBW was the only way a fair man could get a fair shake. Oh, shut up, Springsteen. <laughs> God, I've had it with him. Uh, the war on poverty was so successful that we have to import poor people from other countries. <laughs> Uh, Eddie, they can't have class struggle without poor people. That is true. Uh, the poverty pimps, they love that. That's true. That's yeah. uh, what they do. That's, uh, our poor people have to clean water to drink. In India, not so much. Oh, that is for, the pure, this is the purest water. I only drink the finest water. I won't drink it through the pipes unless, is this filtered? I'm sorry. Did you serve me unfiltered water? Right. What? You don't have filtered water? I, I, I can't drink is that. from I a can't. French spring? yeah. yeah. I can't put filtered. I cannot put unfiltered water into my body. Oh, wait, wait. But I am fully vaxxed. Uh, three, <laughs> thrice boosted. Uh, saw Tina Turner live at ASU. ASU. That's the way we say it, by the way. Anybody know why? Have you seen the level of yoga panting going on in, in, uh, in Phoenix? No, you haven't. Drive through, drive through uh, uh, places like Scottsdale and uh gilbert and and phoenix uh d-dowd muska okay and every woman looks like the same damn person they're all wearing the same 100 hundred dollar yoga pants <laughs> so same shoes same all they all look exactly the same it is uh what what is it separate wives that's exactly <laughs> yes, what yes. it is out there yeah now is a hundred dollars a lot or a little for yoga pants i don't even know i don't know how much do you spend for your uh, uh pants? My, my nephew uh one of the greatest lines of all time and i've got so so many lines i can't even one time didi you need to get married um wow uh, does he tell you that <laughs> he used to tell me that one time so he was, he's no i doubt i'm a, i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna, I'm gonna give you some friendly advice <laughs> Don't take his advice. No, I didn't. No, no. He was working on Duplo down in the kitchen, and he's just, yeah, Diddy! And I, I read it, what's up, buddy? What's up? You need to get married. Well, what's going on with that? Oh, that's what mommy says. Oh, okay. Oh, um, bad but news. He was a little oh. older, and he heard um, his mother paid, I don't know, 200 and something dollars for shoes, and he said, what a waste of money. <laughs> just a little, little three feet high. <laughs> that's, that's very cute. I like that. Uh, let's see. Yeah. Saw Tina Turner live at ASU in the late 80s, and no one had more energy than Tina Turner and her dancers. It is a quite attractive uh, Proud Mary video when they're twirling around. On their did you watch that, uh, the Hustle video? Did uh, you yes, watch? Yes, that was did you Did you see that? 
Am I? Was I wrong, Doubt? I just want you different to know. Different time. Different time. My God. Goddesses, folks. Absolute goddesses in that hustle video. I was, I was watching the end of that video, and you saw the uh, the two blondes there at the, the end. I'm like, wow. Now it's just fat chicks and dudes. Yeah, everyone's uh, how dare you call me fat? I mean, and like, you can't even walk behind a Victoria's Secret anymore without seeing incredibly, like, long, incredibly uh, decent lingerie modeled by incredibly fat people. Unbelievable. Like, they have Lizzo. You go to Fabletics, I, I, I got rid of my subscription finally. Because you guys have, you know, that fat black chick Lizzo there in front. I'm like, I ain't going to, I am not going to be buying my stuff from Lizzo no. uh, and say that that, like, that is okay. Lizzo can work out. I mean, she is a, 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 a huge detriment to her own health at this point. Uh, Lizzo, you could you could stand to like eat a few less Twinkies. How about that? You know, I mean, you saw the Matt Gates uh, Twitter. Everyone's like championing that like he's the he's the first guy to ever say it. Matt Gates is in trouble, bro. Uh, it's not good. We've been talking like that for how many years now? Uh, here in the key, he's, he's holding on, Gates. You know they're going they're going at him, but he's holding on. Women in the seventies didn't weigh three fifty three fifty. Have purple hair and a pierced tongue. Yeah. And it says, uh, I'm withholding sex from my boyfriend. Uh, girl, you don't got a boyfriend. I see some, I, I cannot tell. I was uh, at the Ghetto Smiths last night. <laughs> oh, this is going to be good, folks. No, I, I cannot tell you. Like, every white girl is with a black dude. Interesting. It is. And it, it's, I don't, I don't really care. You know, it doesn't really matter to me. But three different couples, all different. And, you know, two of them are, like, sending stuff back and negotiating. I'm like, well, that's cool and all, but I mean, is this like a thing now? Is mm -hmm. this just, a, is this, a, do they watch, are they watching too much TV? Cause you know, every single couple, every commercial, every commercial is like an interracial couple. It's like the white woman with the black dude and every single commercial, right? I think it's uh, become the new norms. They're like, oh, I got to. I think it's federal law now. If you want to get married, you have to marry somebody outside your racial. So where, who are all the black women going with? Are there black women anymore? The black women stay at home single waiting for the black guy to come back from the white woman is that the way it goes and the white guys are at home by themselves i'm assuming at this point i mean it's <laughs> a lot of guys are opting out yeah and a lot of soy boys out there soy boys uh or they're going or they're staying they're staying uh they're staying on their own side i guess uh, yeah a lot of video game in their stepmom's uh basement a lot of that oh is that, going, is that on? going on <laughs> I mean, here we go. uh let's see also what we got here yeah so i saw a lot of that i don't want to go to too much uh, detail but it seemed extremely dysfunctional. And <clears throat> anyway, that's about all I'll say about that. Um, let's see what else I got. So the problem amongst uh, corruption amongst politicians just tends to breed more corruption. And they always overshoot when they go to fix it in an effort to make up for the fact that they all made a huge amount of cash off of it. So, there you go. Eddie, I think the squatters' rights laws came back around the turn of the century due to the massacre at the Cimarron when they ran people off of property and they had to agree to homestead and the Maxwell gang ran them off and murdered many of them in the process. This guy's very detailed. Yeah. Wow, this guy's so serious. They say the new Green Deal, but what's probably the worst evil on the planet enables false prophets and genocidal leaders to flourish. Envy. And envy is considered the green demon or the green beast, and that's what they're using right now, leveraging it against ordinary working people. The undeserving and the unambitious are leveraging our politicians against us, and it may be time that we clean our own house before this genocidal leadership does. Uh, anywhere at a point where the government can take and will take and is threatened to take anything and everything, yes, just the ATF showing up on people's doorsteps, and the people around you will say, you deserved it. That is true. Uh, you must have done something. The world will be a much better place if people live like they might not see tomorrow. Uh, I don't know about that. 
You might create these wild mobs uh, who might be living in desperation. I hear what you're saying. I, I, I really do. And, and people might appreciate things more and like other people and treat other people better. If people thought that they weren't going to see tomorrow, it would be like The Purge. Anybody oh, ever yeah. watch the, the movie The Purge? Go out with a high score, as we like to say. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I got my targets in mind. Oh, do you? Hey, you, oh, you yeah. yeah, where, where were they? I don't have any targets. It'd be like, uh, oh, that's nice last night. Give me the bottle of the finest Chianti. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we'll uh, watch the final sunset, and uh, I'm going to play uh, <clears throat> Rachmaninoff's number two, Brahms number four. and uh, Mahler. You like Mahler. I do like Mahler's number five. <laughs> um, did, I, did I share that with you? You told me uh, months ago, Mahler's really? number five. Yeah, I have no idea. I think you called it. I don't uh, say Mambo number five. No, I no, say no, no. Mahler number five. <laughs> Mahler's not a one-hit wonder like Ludwig. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> a little bit of Monica in my life. Boy, that's all terrible. I'd, I'd rather uh, take Amy Winehouse uh, any old day. We got to take a quick break. Black here. Back here. Oh, black here. Yeah, I am. 4.6% for those of you who think I have a problem with that. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Back in three. Every instrument on that album, and he put it together. It is one of my favorite albums. His name, Pete Yorn. Happy birthday to Pete. Uh, former boyfriend of Winona Ryder, uh, by the way. Uh, wasn't everybody a, a boyfriend at some point, uh, Winona Ryder? Johnny so. Depp at one point. Yeah, I think everybody uh, everybody got a piece of the uh, the 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 Jewish lady from Minnesota. Uh, but Gen X queen. My goodness. Generation X guys she loved is, Winona Ryder. She is quite <laughs> attractive. I think I did uh, indicate uh, 
at, at some point that there was, you know, a, a level of attraction and we saw her in so many good things. But we're going to talk about the uh, negativity that's out there. We'll hit the bottom of the hour, do some more commercials. We'll bring it back uh, right here in the give-up. Uh, Pete Yorn also sang with Scarlett Johansson. Look him up. Great guy. You are the sunshine in my Celebrating a birthday there. I forget which one, but uh, let's get to the news, uh, D-Dow. Not good. Okay, so it's across the board. I guess the runaway train is going to be the economy, consumer price index, inflation. And then, um, well, uh, if you're not going to check the the polls and uh, check people's registrations and all that, the runaway train is going to be the people who are in power. It's going to be the globalists. Uh, That's essentially what uh, we are being left to. Uh, Breaking news this afternoon, consumer confidence plummets. We talked about this yesterday. Liberty Nation News uh, wrote about it uh, um, again today. Uh, so remember, I was making a big deal about the jump and the de- decrease. Now, you have to actually be someone who's paying attention to this stuff all the time to know that it's more than a half a point or a point that, that's changing. The cons- uh, Conference Board Consumer Confidence Index decreased almost two and a half points. Two and a half points. And you have a president who's arguing to redefine what a recession is. The recession has always been defined a particular way by professionals who have a baseline established reference on the GDP numbers about what a recession is. And literally this afternoon, I watched the White House. I watched Doubt It'll Turn Your Stomach, the news conference of this hysterical woman trying to fend off auto. And of course the, the only guy that's in there is Steve from Fox news. Who's, uh, you know, or the son of Steve, I guess, uh, who's in there, Fox news, uh, basically holding their feet to the fire. And you can't even do that. They're so slippery. They just slip out. It's like, Oh no, that's not a recession. And the liberal news media will write it up as not a recession, right? Oh, there's other people that we pay attention to. I go back to 2009 and the ABC XYZ group uh, says that uh, we shouldn't trust the recession. Oh, who was in power at that time? Oh yeah, that would be Barack Obama. Remember that? Like th- th- this is part 2. 
part due. The senior director of economic indicators at the conference board, Lynn Franco, said the decrease was driven by a decline in the present situation index. What the hell are we talking about? Ask Joe Schmo, Joe Q Public, whatever, what do they have? Joe Six Pack. Ask them if we're in a recession. They will, they will, they don't have to argue. They don't have to tell you. They should just, they'll just tell you that they can't afford what they used to be able to afford. The expectation index, what is that? Honestly, what is the expectation index? I don't know what it is, but apparently it's there. Held steady, but remained well below a reading of 80. 36 million consumers were surveyed. Short-term financial prospects are deemed pessimistic. Folks, you're in the recession. Acknowledge it. The longer you take to acknowledge that, the longer it will take you to react. Proceed at your own peril at this point. I mean, uh, great uh, write-up on the recession. What is a recession is the new, what is a woman? Yes, exactly. What is a woman? Well, we can't define what a woman is because you'll offend somebody. Oh, what is a recession? We can't define what a recession is because we're going to offend somebody. Recession standard and technical definition for the very last time. I'll say it. No matter what the White House says, no matter what Michelle Lujan Grisham says, no matter what KOAT, KOB, Albuquerque Journal, anybody else out there, a standard and technical definition is two consecutive quarters of negative economic growth, according to the Bureau of Economic Analysis, and they comb through all the GDP. We're even measuring GDP. You could actually say we're in a complete and total depression, a free fall, if you will, if we're measuring what we produce, because... <laughs> I'm sick. I got COVID. Oh, I can't go to work. Oh, they shut down. What? How many different things is there out there? White House officials do not believe the GDP tells the entire story. No, 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 no. <laughs> 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue does not want you to acknowledge the reality. They're okay. Oh, we're, we're headed towards the recession. Look, if they're telling you in the next year it's likely going to be a recession and they tell you it's going to be a recession, they've been telling you for the last 18 months that it's likely going to be a recession, but they never say that they're in a recession, you're in a depression. Does that make sense? Okay? I can't just keep going back for umpteen months and say, oh, we're going to, we're headed towards a recession. We're headed, and we have negative 1.6% GDP. Oh, no, that's not a recession. <laughs> We've had consecutive quarters of negative growth. Industrial output falling, 0.2%. Oh, I think, still think there's a poss possibility. The National Activity Index was at negative 0.19, whatever that means. The Fed Manufacturing Index was minus 22.6. The Fed Bank Manufacturing Index, which you talked about yesterday, Dowd, also in the negative. Everything's in the negative. What is the problem with acknowledging this? Okay, let's talk to the uh, home people. Uh, let's, let's first go back to the uh, consumer confidence because that's what it's all about. You ain't, you ain't doing anything in a bar, in a club, or, you know, who goes to clubs anymore, right? Can, can you imagine going to a club anymore? Does any, I, I, it's been so long since I've been to a club. Do people wear masks at clubs? That's what I got to know, Dad. Huh. Got to get beat and you can dance to it. Just give it a 78. <laughs> let's go out and dance, right? No one's doing the hustle out there. Consumer confidence, according to my favorite website, American Institute for Economic Research, sounds better, sounds more professional, said the very same thing. 
From a year ago, the index is down 23.5%. I'd say we're in a recession. The expectation index down 37.1%. This is a putting a finer point on the numbers that I've already announced. The outlook for the jobs market improved marginally. Oh, why? We're coming out of uh, 3.6. The woman at the podium, she has a hyphenated last name. She's very woke and a lesbian. Uh, came out, not that we're going to hold any of that against her. Uh, and you know, I should also uh, indicate that I'm, uh, I'm a lesbian as well. Um, <clears throat> tongue in cheek, you know, we make that joke all the time, right? I'm a lesbian. She literally came out and stated that 3.6% unemployment rate does not mean we're in a recession. You don't see a 3.6% unemployment rate when we're in a recession. Well, how about the lack of people who are looking for jobs? People need to go ahead and uh, work twice as hard now because everything is twice as expensive. Maybe literally. At this point, given that we've seen a 43% increase in what Amazon is charging and you know the price of gas, which is, uh, um, I think, doubled at its height. I think we went to, what, nationally across the, the country at 5.07 before we started to bring it down. Good job, Joe. You did a great job. Even while you were sick. You brought the gas prices down. Boy, you're a, you're a miracle worker, aren't you? It gets even worse. What's your biggest investment? Your home, right? Oh, not good. No bueno. By the way, great commercial coming out from Tigo and Tracy. You'll hear it uh, here. This is really important. New single family home sales fall for a fifth time in six months. The index, no, that, that's not a recession. What, what, we need one more month before we can actually call it an actual recession. <laughs> no, we're in a recession. <laughs> According to the report, the builder confidence plunged in July as high inflation, increased interest rates, stalled the housing market by dramatically slowing sales and buyer traffic. Uh, was the market up or down today? Oh, it was way up. They increased the rates and uh, everyone's like, bye, bye, bye. No, no, no. Just, just keep buying. It's going to go up. I think that's the last time they increase it uh, by, uh, by 75 basis points. No, no, it's not the last time there's three more increases coming this year folks we're not even on a historical basis we aren't even in we're in december 2018 numbers still cheap just wait till we get back to uh <clears throat> 2001 till we're about uh seven seven and a half percent of those mortgages We're like that's still a deal do you know what it was back in the late 70s when they were doing the hustle it was 20 percent <laughs> It was 20%. You don't think that that, that we're going to get that? We're going to get there. You're going to have 20% mortgage rates. It's coming. You're going to be like, well, I, I'm, I'm sad that I didn't buy at 11%. I should have bought at 13%. How come I didn't get that 40% mortgage rate? <laughs> should have <laughs> taken advantage of that 14% mortgage rate. You're not entitled to a home. Nobody said you're entitled to a home here. Just go, go on. You're not. You don't deserve a living. Go, go move in. Everyone's doing it. Do the hustle uh, uh, by merging in with your family, right? Move in. Builder confidence confidence plunged out in July as high inflation increased interest rates stalled the housing market by dramatically slowing sales of buyer traffic. I'm literally telling you right here, right now, Jesus Jones, that you are not getting any more homes that are going to be being built for you. It literally. The music has stopped. I feel like we should play the end of margin call, but we won't. We'll, we'll save that for you. So. Anyway, 
Eddie, seriously, in, yes. uh, 13% of builders reported reducing home prices in the past month mm-hmm. to bolster sales. How often do builders reduce home prices in the in the perpetually booming right. housing market? Perpetually. I mean, that, you know, I mean uh, that's, that can't be that common. I, I don't know real estate. But folks, wow. it's been a great party. It's been a good run. Is America in a recession? It is. And uh, just embrace it. Embrace the suck. It's a runaway train, but it will stop at some point. Back after a quick break here in the Kiva final segment when we return. Back in 84, that very movie was released. The greatest uh, prince, the greatest Super Bowl, maybe one of the greatest uh, artists of our generation, hailing from Minneapolis, and uh, boy, one of the most soulful guys, rock guys, uh, named one of the best musicians of all time. I think they named him number eight. Uh, I put him actually at the top of everybody. I can't think of anybody who has uh, wavered between the rap, pop, rock, Everything. I mean, it's hard to beat the man. Uh, he is the best, and he represents my uh, favorite color. So. Most importantly of all, he gave us Carmen Electra. <laughs> did he really? <laughs> yes, he I did. didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Where is uh, Carmen Electra? Where is? Uh... Uh, she's about my age, so kind of you know. Once he hit the wall, uh, Eddie. Yes. Big news. Big breaking news. Uh, another key uh, force for economic development in New Mexico. Oh. Uh, there's no one I would trust better more, really, than the New Mexico Roundhouse, the 112 people up there, and particularly the governor's office. I mean, we have the best of the best. Uh, a lot of those in, in the at the bureaucrat level, people who are working in the agencies, a lot of them are still, uh, a lot of them still around or, or were back during the Richardson era at, as well. Uh, Facebook parent Meta Platforms posted its first decline in revenue oh. and issued a muted outlook on oh. digital advertising as it contends with a oh. uh, growing oh. competition from rival 
TikTok. TikTok. Yeah. TikTok. Uh, something that gives me just particular pleasure is it's uh, virtual reality nonsense that I really don't think is going to do humanity very well. I think we need real reality. Maybe go out and go out in the sunshine and go out in yeah. the woods and the desert. Walk you. the dogs. Uh, you know, go fishing. You know, do do, do productive things. Uh, good for your health. Uh, Meta lost. A whopping $2.81 billion on $452 million in revenue from its virtual reality division. Okay. Uh, the substantial sum is the latest sign that Zuckerberg and Meta continues to spend heavily to pivot the social media giant to developing virtual reality and augmented reality. Uh, apparently, the populace of America not 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 so interested. Wrong, wrong um, enemy, Dowd. Wrong enemy for them. Uh, they're... they're, they're they're figuring the wrong guy, but continue. No, and, and he, he said in the earnings call, Zuckerberg, Zuck the Cuck, as we like to call yeah. him, that the economy seems to be in a downturn. I don't know if anybody <laughs> at the White House uh, knows that. And he fears that it will hurt digital advertising. So yep. if you want to get out of the virtual world, how about retail? Best Buy today, after the markets closed, cut its forecast for its fiscal year and second quarter, saying it has seen mm-hmm. weaker demand for consumer electronics Funny that. Uh, amid why is there weaker demand for consumer electronics? Oh, inflation! Uh, inflation is a cause of that. <clears throat> Zoltan Posnar. I love this. This is great. Um, Zero Hedge is absolutely one of my favorite websites. Uh, this one by VBO. He has the best comic. The little kid with the cigarette, uh, uh, a.k.a. Van Halen, 1984. <clears throat> they understand that they have no control over goods prices unless they curb demand through a recession, which, given their updated mandate... And it just came out. Isn't an option. Uh, there it is. The markets thinks the Fed will back off its tight monetary policy after today. No, come on. Just goading them. They're jerking you around. They're giving the, the, uh, the, the, who, someone said at some point when you give someone the okie doke, what is, I don't know what that is. Someone, was that, that was Obama. That's right. Obama. He said okie doke. Yeah, right? the okie. Remember the, uh, <laughs> where's Obama on the okie doke? Did you hear Tucker last night where he said, uh-uh. Barack Obama was raised in Hawaii. Where, where does this Southern <laughs> accent come from for him? He said it was never in the South. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okie doko, Obama. The old, uh, the remember the 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 greatest Obamaism uh, of all time. Uh, D. Dowd Musk uh, was uh, was uh, Obama's old okie doke. So, uh, yeah, it's not looking good, uh, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, there will be further increases uh, in the uh, rates. So there you go. By the way, I did get. Uh, oh, here we go. If, 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 if we if we fall for, you know, a, a bunch of. Okie doke. <laughs> the okie doke. Yeah, let's okey do doke. it. Okie doke. Yeah. Uh, 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 uh. Okie doke. That's the man running the, the country right now. Okie doke. Mm. Mm. Just because, it, it, you know, it, 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 uh, you know, it, 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 it sounds funnier. The tweets are provocative. The okie doke. There it is. Okie doke. You think that's what we're getting nowadays from uh, old uh, Joe Biden, the old okie doke? You think it was a, Wow. Yeah, that was uh, back in the day. Talk about running uh, off without a script. And he was he was in a complete uh, daze uh, the entire time that he was there. He was cool, right? Cool as the other. Uh, he did put out his favorite uh, summer uh, listening list today. Um, oh, wow. So you have the... Uh, the king of the world, uh, President Barack Obama, put out the. It, if he puts out a, a a music list that gets listened to, 
I mean, it's amazing the amount of attention he gets. Remember the time he filled out his, his NCAA bracket? Oh, his bracket. And he misspelled Syracuse. The, the Ivy League grad misspelled Syracuse. Mm, yeah, I'm sure he graduated from the um, Ivy League. I, I heard that he was helped through that. Nobody graduates with less than a three-point. Uh, that's what you pay for in the Ivy League. It's a, a gentleman's passing. Yeah. The, the, <laughs> the next question is, why the Fed must avoid a recession at all costs? Folks, embrace the recession. Embrace the suck. That's what we need to do. And uh, the cuck. Uh, can suck uh, everything that he needs to do with Zuck and Erberg. Uh, we'll just go ahead and put it that way with Facebook. Down your top five is released every morning at 4 a.m. right here at rockoftalk.chapter. Less than 20 cents a day. Yeah, folks, these are the subscribers' picks, not my picks, for the uh, most the items most of interest in the Daily Blast today. Uh, number one, a push for workers' rights at a liberal bookstore in Albuquerque. Uh, I love it when it's Moonbat on Moonbat Crime. I just I absolutely love that. Uh, number two, the city announced that they're going to have a Zoom city council meeting. We're not uh, going to be you're not going to gather uh, you know because the the, the the CDC says the numbers aren't looking good. Uh, number three, uh, environmentalist asp- aspirations. I guess could the oil and gas boom in the Permian be going down as prices come down? Um, that's wishful thinking, I think, on their part. Uh, number four, the Federalist, as Democrats go in uh, all in on climate change, a poll shows that literally 1% of Americans call climate change their top concern. And uh, number five, ah. fascinating article on the forest up on the Colorado border there in New Mexico. Eddie, maybe sometime this week we could get into it. Why it's still 18 in the 1840s. Uh, in terms of Taos County, the people who live in rural Taos County, they don't they don't like the fact that America came to town in the 1840s. Ah. Explains a lot about why New Mexico has some of the problems. The silver hair, ponytail crowd all came to town, and they don't want you in their town. We'll see you bright and early tomorrow, 4 p.m. Let's jam out to the Purple Rain with the greatest Prince. No better guitar player either besides Jimi Hendrix. There it is. We'll lay it out for you, folks.